Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Do you look at something before you and it just it's it just seems insurmountable. It just seems so overwhelming. It just seems like how am I ever going to make it through this or navigate this or what's going to happen to bring deliverance and we don't know. What do we do? Well, we can fret and worry and be filled with anxiety or we can say, Jesus, I'm looking to you. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on John chapter 16, verse 33, in a message titled, Take Heart. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So here we are. We are coming now to the conclusion of this conversation, really, that Jesus is having with his disciples. And this has been called the Upper Room Discourse. And it's been called that because it's taking place in that upper room where Jesus had told his disciples, go into the city and you're going to find this upper room. And there you prepare the Passover meal for us to eat together. And it was there at that meal that this discourse, I mean, it, it's, it's really more of a conversation because Jesus, of course, is teaching, he's speaking, but the disciples, as we read, they are asking him questions and, and wondering about some of the things that he is saying. So when Jesus says in verse 33... I have told you these things. What I want us to understand is that he's not talking only about the things that he has immediately said, just in the verses before or the verses that we read today, but I have told you these things as a reference to everything that he's been telling them from the first verse of chapter 14 all the way through to verse 32 where he tells them here that they will soon be scattered and they will leave him alone. But then this great word, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, tribulation, difficulty, distress, In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart or be of good courage or be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So what I want to do today is I want to just go back and highlight a few of the things that we can lay hold of as we face the difficulties and the challenges of life, a few things that we can lay hold of that will result in our having peace in the midst of the storm and will encourage us as well. So beginning with 
chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. So this is the first thing that we need to remember as we go through life, as we go through the challenges of life. We need to remember that Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. You know, I mean, there, were, there was a time in not all that long ago, and it's still the case in some places, where there always talk about the coming again of the Lord. And that's kind of quieted down among some. And, and I understand that because I think sometimes it's been used almost as a, a sort of an escapist type of a thing, which it was never intended to be. But we cannot forget, this is the great hope of the world, the the coming again of Jesus. And when you think about biblical prophecy, of course, when we go back to the Old Testament and we have the prophecies of the coming Messiah, we have many, many prophecies that speak of his first coming, which we have all, of course, Receive from that. That's why we're here today, because through his death and resurrection and the work of the Spirit, we have become his people. But the, the bulk of prophecy is prophecy concerning what we would know now as his second coming. The bulk of prophecy talks about the reign of Christ on the earth. And so in the world, as we experience trouble, as we experience difficulty, We just need to to have this perspective. The Lord is going to come again. And he will, as the scriptures promised, he will sort out everything. And I think about this often. The return of Jesus Christ will be the greatest surprise in history. You know, how many people in the world today in looking at the world, in looking at life, in living their lives even, how many people are, are conscious of the reality that Jesus is going to come back? I'd say most people don't think that to be the case at all. But it is indeed the promise that Jesus made. It's the promise that the prophets declared would come to pass. It's the promise that the apostles spoke of and wrote about and encouraged the church through. And so it's something that we need to lay hold of as we go through the difficulties and the challenges of life. And so Jesus says here, I'm going away, but I'm going to come and I'm going to receive you to myself, and you are going to be then with me where I am. And so Jesus is here giving a promise to the disciples. He's giving a promise to 
the believers that he's going away, but he's going to prepare a place for them, and then he's going to come back and get them. And so there is that moment in history, no one knows when, when Jesus will come back, and he will, as he said, he will take his people to be with him. We call this the rapture. And then he will come in glory. Then he will come in power. Then he will come in the fullness of the promise of God to establish God's kingdom on the earth. But the first promise is to his people. I'm going to go away, prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and receive you to myself that where I am, there you will be also. And so we, we just know that that is a fact. Now, whether we happen to experience that moment or not, we can't guarantee. Of course, these disciples didn't experience that moment in the way that Jesus says here. But they did obviously experience what that moment means when they went to be with the Lord through, in their case, death. So really, the great hope is that we will be with the Lord. That's where everything's headed. That's where you're headed. That's where I'm headed. That's where the whole world is headed. We're headed toward the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. And so when we find ourselves overwhelmed by trouble, when we find ourselves in distress, when we are finding ourselves discouraged, Jesus said, take heart. Take heart. In me, the emphasis of Jesus here is in me you will have peace. And so Jesus is the one that we can look to regardless of what's happening around us. If the like Psalm 46 says, if the mountains are dissolved and cast into the sea, I will not be, I will not fear. The Lord is my refuge and my strength. Now, Jesus also said something that we need to remember. He said that He would ask the Father, chapter 14, verse 6, and he will give you another helper or advocate or comforter who will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And so this is just, again, a reminder to us that the Lord is with us. He's come to us in the person of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And just as Jesus was there to help and to encourage and to comfort or strengthen or whatever was needed at the time for those who were following him, so the Spirit now is doing that very thing for us. Finally, in chapter 16, verse 27, Jesus says this. He says, he's encouraging them again, again to pray. And he says in verse 26, in that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. No, 
The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believe that I came out from God. And what I want us to remember here is just simply this. The Father himself loves you. God loves us. And because that's true, we can rest assured that even though troubles come, in the bigger picture, we really have nothing to fear. The Father loves us and is with us and is for us and is going to guide and lead our lives right on through to the very end. And all of the tribulation, the trouble, the distress, the difficulties that will come our way, they don't change anything. And Jesus says here, notice in that final verse, he says that we are to find our peace in him. Find our peace in him. And so these things I have said to you, that in me you might have peace. All of these things culminating with this, just this simple but profound word, The Father himself loves you. God loves us. My favorite verse describing the Father's heart is found in Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14. So when we hear this, the Father loves you, this is what we should think about. Psalm 103, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. I love that picture of God. God, the compassionate, he knows our frame. He knows what we can endure. He knows that we are fragile. That's what it means. He knows that we are dust. He knows that we are fragile. And all of that comes into play as we go through life and as we face the challenges and the difficulties in the world. These things I have said to you that in me you may have peace. That in me you may have peace. So that's, you know, you've heard this before. It sounds so simple. It sounds almost cliche sometimes, but it is a reality. It is a fact of Christian life. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll have peace. I experience this all the time. I experience the loss of peace. I experience the anxiety over the difficulties and the distresses and the challenges. You know, all of these things that go on, all of the things that we all experience, that we observe around us. Man, and you know, today we are so inundated with information about all the things that are going on everywhere. You know, there's never been a time in history where you just, uh, you know, had a gadget like a phone that you could open up an app on and you could literally just see everything that's going on around the world. And most of it is bad. Man, no wonder we're having a mental health crisis in our society today. I mean, the world is melting down around us. 
And if you think really hard about that, it can bum you out, to say the least. How do we handle that? Well, in one sense, we could. I mean, we probably should not subject ourselves to so much of that all the time. But at the same time, we don't want to stick our head in the sand and pretend like none of this stuff is going on. This is the real world that we live in. But what we need to remember is that it's that real world that is full of sin and corruption and all those things. That's the world that Jesus has overcome. And so if we keep our eyes on him, we will have peace. Do you look at something before you and it just, it's, it just seems insurmountable? It just seems so overwhelming. It just seems like, how, you know, how am I ever going to make it through this or navigate this? Or what's, what's going to happen to bring deliverance? And, and we don't know. What do we do? Well, we can fret and worry and be filled with anxiety. Or we can say, Jesus, I'm looking to you. So like I said, it's simple, and sometimes it sounds like a cliche, but the reality for us is this. Hey, get your eyes on the Lord. Get your eyes off the situation and put them on the Lord. And I think of that wonderful passage from Exodus, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And that was said in the context of a massive Egyptian army coming toward the people. And in front of them, there's nothing but an ocean. And it seems absolutely inescapable. This is the end for them. But the Lord says to Moses, don't panic. Don't be afraid. Be calm and see the salvation of the Lord. And so Jesus said, in me, you will have peace. If we remember these things, if we remember who Jesus is, if we remember what he's done, what he's going to do, that he's coming again, that he's going to sort it all out, he really is. We are the people. And I've said this before, and I want to say it again. If there's a group of people on the planet that should not be freaking out about what's going on in the world, it's us. (laughs) That's us. If we're freaking out like everybody else, then we're missing something. You know, people are looking for a place like a safe haven, like a refuge where everybody's not freaked out. This is where I, honestly, I get frustrated with some churches. I think some churches today, they are creating more anxiety for the people that come to church. Because church has now shifted from speaking God's word and hope to talking about all the horrible things that are going on in society that somehow we have got to change that. Now, we are the people that Jesus said can have peace. 
It's in him. So he says, take heart. And that, that word there could be translated, be courageous. I mean, isn't this the issue? It's fear. Fear is the thing that creates the anxiety. Fear in the heart creates anxiety in the mind, says the Proverbs. So what do we need? We need courage. Where do we get the courage? Jesus said, take heart. Be courageous. And I like the King James. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And as we keep our eyes on him, as we abide in him, we also will overcome. And John, when he writes his his first letter after he wrote this gospel, and undoubtedly thinking back on the words of Jesus, he said, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. They are the ones that overcome the world. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he came into the world and that he gave his life so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could be reconciled to the Father. And we believe that he is coming again to set up God's eternal kingdom. And in the meantime, we believe that even though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, I will not fear because the Lord is our refuge and our strength. You know the word encourage. You know what it means, right? It means to impart courage. And we can encourage ourselves as we take our eyes off of all the things that are burdening us and frightening us and bringing them right back around to the central thing. And that is God loves us and he demonstrated his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And we're encouraging ourselves in his faithfulness. And you know, as we do that, peace will replace the fear and the anxiety. And so may that be our experience today. And if you're here today and you don't, you can't say that you know Jesus in the way that we're talking about that that has resulted in you having peace, that has resulted in you knowing that God loves you and he's committed to taking care of you all the way through. You know, you can have that by just simply opening your heart to Christ and asking him to come in and he will do that. Join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. There's so many questions today about science and faith. And uh, are they compatible? Can you be even a scientific person and a believer at the same time? 
Well, Professor John Lennox from Oxford University says, yes, you can. And in his fantastic book, Can Science Explain Everything?, he basically shows us from a scientific standpoint and as a scientist that science cannot explain everything. But, of course, the Gospels and the Word of God do. So I love this book. It's an easy read. It's very helpful. It's a great book to read yourself and to even pass on maybe to a skeptical friend. So I want to encourage you to pick up Can Science Explain Everything by Dr. John Lennox. Again, this month's resource is a book titled, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. You can order the book, Can Science Explain Everything? by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.